0: Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, diamond, diamond.
1: diamond. Experience. Experience. Welcome to another episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and if you haven't yet, be sure to check out last week's episode where I had the pleasure of chatting with writer-director Lee Chambers. Great, fascinating discussion about film directing specifically, so any of you aspiring directors out there, definitely go back and check out last week's episode. For this week's show, I'm really excited to have this discussion because When I decided that I wanted to get more serious about filmmaking and really pursue it more than I have in years past, there's been one lingering topic that I haven't really talked about that much with anyone or had a detailed discussion on this show, and that is financing. How do you get your film financed? And we'll be talking about that with this week's guest, producer and fellow podcaster, Scott DuPont. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Daniel John Carey, who you heard on the show several weeks ago. He uh, recommended Scott and connected us. And we had a wonderful conversation about how being a frustrated actor led to him pursuing a career as a producer and really going into detail on things you can do to get your movie financed we talk about his documentary movie money confidential which is a really fascinating uh, documentary that you can watch for free online and his podcast finance your movie really really good discussion this week i can't emphasize that enough i'm going to shut up now because i i can't describe it to you any better than i already have and what you'll be hearing momentarily so here is my conversation with scott dupont (music) with my very special guest this week, producer and fellow podcaster, Mr. Scott DuPont. Scott, how are you? I'm great, Derek. Honored to be on your show. Absolutely. And a shout out to, to Daniel Carey, who actually helped uh, set up this interview. You know, had him on the show a few weeks ago. And what was cool was he sent me a, a pretty extensive list of like, I think this person would be good for your podcast and so on and so forth. So, so here we are. And I appreciate you taking the time.
0: Yeah, no, I love screenwriting type and uh, all that Daniel's doing. Yeah, no, the, the book is... I mean, John, all that John's doing.
1: Yeah, the, the the book is incredible as far as, you know, the amount of detail that it, it goes into, you know, script writing, what to do, what not to do. And it, it's been a, a good resource for me as, you know, I've been working on... You know, my next couple of scripts that and I'm sure, you know, you can understand as, you know, a, a filmmaker yourself that you have all these ideas and it's like you work on one idea and then you're like, oh, this might be cool, too. So you start working on that and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, you never know which one's going to find traction and get the investment and going to production. So it's, it's almost uh, you're very lucky when that happens. You're grateful.
1: For sure. So I always like to start with this because there's not really a how-to guidebook on how to get into the industry. What was it that made you want to get into filmmaking in the first place? Because you started as an actor, correct?
0: Yeah, I uh, started as an actor in Orlando, Florida in the what I call the roaring 90s when the 30 mile zone there was Universal Studios, Florida. Disney MGM studios in Pyramax studios. There's a ton and ton of stuff shooting here, lots of commercials, studio stuff, independence. And I quickly became a frustrated actor. And the reason being is I had gone to many, many acting classes. Um, over a few years, I did 50 short and student films. I really, really threw myself into it. And yet I would see these big studio projects come in to shoot for Orlando for three to six months. And they would bring almost all, not just the above the line, but they bring almost everybody except for the background extras. They'd fly them in from New York and LA. And I said, this is nonsense. Got together with my cousin, found a friend who went to the same college as I did. And we said, let's go make our own film. And we made a, a short film first, which is a great starting point and then we used that 30-minute short film to springboard us to finance our first feature which was just over a million dollars so a lot of money back in
1: 1998 for sure and as a as a native floridian i can understand the the frustrations with you know outside talent coming in when you when you have good local talent or maybe from you know other areas in the state so I, I can I can very much appreciate, you know, the the effort that that you and your cousin put in to to make that happen.
0: And it uh, really kind of really started my whole career because I said, wow, I, I can raise my own money. I have control over that. I don't, I don't always have control of the audition room once I get out and they make their decision. Sometimes it's up to the casting gods so I can take a very, very small salary for when I do raise money for my own film. And I get to cast myself in a production, which is further in my career. So it's kind of like a cycle. And I've been doing it ever since for almost 30 years.
1: And it's interesting because a lot of actors will find themselves, you know, later in their career, they'll transition into another position behind the camera. Like, you know, Ron Howard's a great example, started as a child actor. And then you know, as an adult, he then transitioned into being a really successful director. But with you, you do something that is extremely important and something that I've wanted to talk about. I've been doing this show now for just over nine years. And this is a topic that I've never discussed on the show and it was why I was so happy to have you on, is financing and finding investors, because that's a question that a lot of people ask and I as someone who's really just now getting into making films, you know, I've made a couple of shorts here locally and eventually want to try and tackle a feature It's such an important topic because money is what ultimately makes things happen. So I could appreciate, you know, you really kind of leading a charge for, for that. Thank you. Um, it, it seems to be the, like you
0: said, the biggest sticking point for all filmmakers, whether it's a writer Who wants to get his screenplay actually made into a movie and just not, you know, die in the cemetery someday actors like myself who want to have control over their career. That's why all successful uh, actors sooner or later, no matter what level, they all ultimately become their own producer. So they have control and they can get the rights to a story or script. Um, But it's, it's also a very, very exciting time because, as you know, being in the business as long as you have there's never been a time in history where it's been so inexpensive to make a film with all these new led lights and these tiny cameras and really high-end software for pennies on the dollar and at the same time we have almost unlimited distribution options that so 25 years ago my very first movie we had to shoot on 35 millimeter film to be taken seriously. We didn't want to be like all the other indie filmmakers shooting 16 millimeter. And we went for theatrical. And if you didn't get theatrical, your only other hope was getting what was called a pipeline deal. Meaning you were with a big enough distributor and our first pickup was by Lionsgate. We got 400,000 DVDs On the first pressing, because Lionsgate had that pipeline to every blockbuster video store, 16,000 movies, Saturday night movies, and then all the Walmarts, the Kmarts, pretty much everything. Um, And if you weren't lucky back then, you could be really screwed. There's so much opportunity right now, uh, worldwide, for a low budget indie film to be seen and make money.
1: Well, you still have all the major studios, but you know, in, in doing this podcast and talking with you know actors, directors, and I've learned a lot about the more indie film distribution. Like Gravitas Ventures is a studio that comes to mind, and there's several others, and it's really been eye opening. Not not just from a technological standpoint, like you said, with you know people being able to buy equipment for a more reasonable price. But with the distribution and with streaming, the, the possibilities are endless.
0: Yeah, and here, here's a headline from two days ago, depending on when you see or listen to this podcast. Um, even though some of the streaming giants are laying off thousands of people, they are still ramping up their spending. So there's the I forget the name of this article, but it said, uh all of the streamers are spending billions in 2023 now when i'm talking to a potential investor i don't say yeah we're going to make the film and sell it to netflix because it's very very unlikely that they're going to pick up a truly independent on what i what i normally play in which is the hundred thousand to one million dollar range but it's 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 possible Right. And there are some good films that will be picked up, whether it's a documentary, a feature length documentary or a feature length narrative that will be picked up. Um, and that's really, really
1: exciting. For sure. What do you find as far as you know someone who's been in the industry as long as you have? What has been the, the most common question that you get, especially with you working with, you mm-hmm. know, with financing? Because like with me. I wouldn't know the first thing to, to present when asking, you know, a potential investor, like, Hey, do you want to put some money into my project? So how does one start with finding investors? Um, Well,
0: what the first part of your question? And then I'll lead into the second part is probably the most commonly asked question I get every single year is, Hey, where do you find the film investors and and honestly i don't i don't know any real film investors right and and i actually not not to kind of toot my own horn but i I just literally five minutes before we started this i just finished a podcast all about film investors um so let me kind of break it down real quick the reason i say i don't know any film investors is the film investors who are really serious players and have invested in multiple films They're typically the guys that are looking to put in two hundred and fifty thousand up to two and a half million. And they're looking at investing in two, five, seven, maybe ten million dollar indie films. And I don't really I'm not in that world because when I the very, very few times I've met some of those people, I get the answers like, oh, I only invest with Megan Ellison or. I typically invest in plan B production films or my rules of investing. These are really high, high level players. I only invest with filmmakers who have an A-list team top to bottom already lined up like and attached, like meaning an Academy Award earning director, a couple of A-list talent and maybe an A-list or veteran producer. I'm not any of those. So the second part of your question, so where do, where have I successfully found hundreds of film investors over the years and raised millions and millions and millions of dollars is I start with a killer, killer business plan. That's number one, great story or concept. And I simply start in the beginning, reaching out to my network. Now it could be the six or 700 people that are in this little phone it could be the people on my facebook or linkedin but what i found is when i start sharing a really really killer business plan and if you don't have a killer business plan go back to go back to square one and i just reach out and a certain number of those people because they at least know who i am they they might not be best friends with me but it's not a complete stranger knocking on their door let's say of my minimum is $10,000 or even if it's $5,000, they're going to say, okay, I'll I'll look at the business plan, Scott. And then it's a numbers game. And uh, once you get about uh, 50 to 75% of your raise, let's say you're raising a million dollar budget, start from zero and you get up to say $700,000, you can at some point in time, get lucky and bring in some complete strangers or other people will see the momentum and they'll come in at the end. But if you don't have people that know who you are or you know at the beginning, you're going to have a tough time uh, getting that investor train, as I call it, up the hill.
1: And that's interesting because I was actually going to bring that up. Once you people see that your project starts to gain some traction, then they're more likely to think, oh, this actually is – it might be something and then they might be more inclined to be like, yeah, I'll 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 be a part of it. But that that's really important to know, because in filmmaking, you know, we always think of the creative. We think of the writing. We think of your know, directing, acting and whatnot, which are all obviously important. But there's that whole other side to it, the, the business side that is just as important. It's really a, a symbiotic kind of relationship, like one can't exist without the other.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great way to put that because um, sometimes people are just investing in a really creative, unique project. Like, wow, I've never seen a film like this. This would be really cool. And then when they see the business plan, if there are at least a few people in that business plan to balance the genius creatives, usually that's the director. Maybe you got an, an experienced producer. Maybe you have an Emmy award winning DP that's gotten like just a bookshelf full of awards. That's, that's usually the winning combination.
1: For sure. And uh, another thing I wanted to talk about too, and this is a great segue is, um, are you, you have a degree in marketing, correct? And that's yes. something also that is extremely important. And, and like you mentioned with the business plan is in this day and age, especially with social media, the ease of access to make films, knowing how to market yourself is is so important. So, do, you, do you agree?
0: Yeah, knowing, knowing how to market yourself, no matter what end of the industry you're in, and, and just network to meet more people over the years because it's all about relationships. But marketing your film is critically important. And inside the business plan, you really should have at least one or two pages of really a, a mini marketing plan. And what I see in so many independent filmmakers is on the last page go, oh yeah, once we raise all the money and once we make this great film, we're gonna take it to the film festival circuit and then pitch Netflix. Well, that that's a recipe for disaster right there. And I'll, I'll tell you for two reasons. Post pandemic, a lot of the film festivals, they've adopted this hybrid model. So some of them are live again, A lot of them are still virtual and the meaningful big distributors they're not going to any of those festivals they didn't go to all of them to begin with but they're really only zeroing in on the top 10 Uh, like one of our films was just a berlin that's a serious film market where deals can get made and we got a few deals on our last film um so don't count on film festivals as something you should put in your business plan. Investors are going to feel real warm and fuzzy. Um, And the other thing is you need to not really count on one of the big streamers picking you up. You can certainly allude to that, that that is a possibility. And we're we're hoping that Netflix or one of the big streamers picks up our film this month or next month. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, But if you have a way to get to certain producers, reps or sales agents, or if you have a very specific strategy, who your audience is for your specific film, and you have a plan on how you're going to get your film in front of that audience, how you're going to get film critic reviews, all that stuff needs to be thought out. And that really drives the needle for potential investors becoming investors.
1: So this, this is all fascinating stuff. Like, I feel like I'm in like a, marketing and filmmaking class. So um, something that I also wanted to talk with you about as well is a, a documentary that you produced called uh, Movie Money Confidential, uh, which I, I watched this afternoon. and was, Oh, cool. Yeah, it was one of the most enlightening documentaries that I've watched in a long time, because as I mentioned you know, at the start of this conversation, this is a topic that I've been curious about for a long time, but haven't really found like the right Resource or you know the right way to to learn about it. So when I found this documentary, it, it was I was hooked instantly. So t- tell me about the process of of getting that made.
0: That was a very very unique uh, process. And Rick, the director, who I've done a few projects with, I, what I love about Rick, he is a creative genius, and I balance his strengths uh, with some of my strengths, which are marketing and the business side. And and Rick was very open and candid that years ago, he got caught in this development trap, meaning he raised a bunch of money to legitimately develop some projects. And, you know, every, you know, we didn't try to sugarcoat the whole documentary. Um, Some rogue investor, even though she read the contract, said, Oh, you spent my development money and you went and got this Academy award winner attached and you did all this great stuff, but you still haven't made the movie on time, like tick, tick. So Rick valiantly defended himself with his own money for years, got all the case dismissed. Um, and we wanted to show part of that in the documentary. So there are ups and downs. Um, and one of the reasons I stay away from development deals is I, I shifted toward these lower budget things where I can just raise all the money myself. I don't get stuck in development. Um, so basically, Rick was at this point in his life where he was kind of stuck for, for a few brief moments. And he got the rights to this best selling book, which a lot of your audience has probably read. It's called Filmmakers and Financing. Now in its ninth edition after 30 years, really amazing That's book. That's insane. And he took that book and he made it into not only an educational, but kind of an interesting journey through a few different filmmakers of how they got their uh, money raised. At the same time we were interviewing our potential investors, how we got the documentary made. So it was, a, it was a really fun ride.
1: Yeah. And, uh you touched on something that I think was really what I enjoyed the most about the documentary. Like It, it was wonderfully made. And, and what was cool about, especially the beginning, because there's an interview with you with Rick and others on a boat. And I'm like, the audio sounds so clear. It was, it was insane. Like how crisp it sounded, but I, I loved the almost raw, conversation like you could tell it was very honest and from the heart which you can watch a lot of documentaries and you can tell that you know in some cases there's a little bit of revisionist history they may not tell the whole story this is one that you know i think everybody should should watch because of that
0: yeah and 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 the reason it was raw is literally we were going through a unique process where um he had some this legal i'll call it legal nonsense because that's really all it was but at the same time um we were going through this new age of social media with twitter and facebook and instagram where people are just so politically divisive and just trashing people and we know how to handle that now and we're better at it um but that really like blindsided us and here we are good stewards of all our investors money making great
1: films. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really raw for sure. Um, as we start to wrap up here, I did want to ask you about your podcast, uh, finance your movie. Uh, what, what was the inspiration behind you wanting to start the podcast and, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about it.
0: So there were two reasons I worked on a, um, a TV series with John Kerry uh, many, many, many years ago called Rizzoli and Isles. Uh, I was just a background, I was a kind of a recurring detective. So two days a week sometimes. And one of the guys who was a detective in this small group of 10 or 15 of us, he had the most amazing script ever. And he he had been trying to pitch it to Sony Pictures, Universal Studios for years. And I said, dude, You just got to cut this down to a lower budget, finance it yourself. And he was starting to go that direction. Then we came into work one Monday morning and everybody was talking about the script and he had committed suicide over the weekend. Oh, no. And I've seen so many of the most amazing scripts buried, get buried in Hollywood Cemetery or wherever you live. You don't have to be in Hollywood. So because I've I've had pretty good luck raising millions and millions of dollars for dozens of films over my career, I, I kind of have a system that works. I just love sharing little bits of tips and advice. That's why we made movie Money confidential which by the by the way you can now see for free mm-hmm. at moviemoney.com you don't have to pay anything and that's why I started to finance your movie podcast so I could each week dive a little bit deeper, into things that I think hold a lot of filmmakers back from getting their money.
1: And it's a really fascinating podcast. I, I listened to uh, an episode this afternoon in, in prep for this conversation. It's really good stuff, and I, I can't wait to, to dive more into it. Thank you very much. But um, as, we, as I said, as we start to wrap up, uh, do you have a, a website or social media that you'd like to plug so the listeners can follow you? Uh, finance And if you go to any of the social medias,
0: uh, the main, the main ones are Facebook and Twitter, just, uh, type in finance your movie. And, uh, it does each week, a free episode does go to millionaire flicks that that's our core audience. Uh, but the week after that it's free on all platforms and anywhere you listen to a podcast, you'll find finance your movie.
1: Fantastic. Well, Scott, thank you so much for taking the time. This was a, an amazing chat and uh, hope to have you on the show again soon. Oh, thanks, Derek. I love loved being on. All the best. Thank you again to Scott DuPont for that awesome conversation. Be sure to check out Movie Money Confidential and his podcast, Finance Your Movie. For next week's show, I'll be chatting with director of photography and cinematographer Steve Matzinger. We were going to have him on the show this week, but we had uh, some scheduling hiccups, but he will be on the show uh, next week. So if you're into cinematography, camera work, be sure to come back and check out that fun episode. But until then, if you want to check out past episodes of the show, head over to linktree.com slash podcast. That's where you can find uh, podcast subscription links, links to the YouTube channel, social media. Everything is in one central location. Linktree.com slash Podcast. And if you could, please leave a review. I've been really emphasizing this over the last few weeks, but uh, the more reviews I get, the more visible the show becomes to people who are searching for podcasts about movies or about filmmaking. So really important. Uh, if you wouldn't mind just taking a minute or two of your time, To leave a review would be very much appreciated. But that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you once again to Scott DuPont. We'll see you guys back here next week for another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast.